Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We believe in Carolina basketball. Uh, it's not 2024, but it's post-holidays, I guess. We're back. Carolina basketball is in action Coming up just in a few hours, so uh, I don't know if anybody will see this little preview show that we're going to do. We'll kind of recap, maybe just go over a few things that stood out with the Oklahoma game. That was, I think, it's going to end up being a very big win for us on the resume when the tournament selection process starts. But yeah, man, we're back, bud. We're back, and and, and our I feel like our set is growing. I feel like we we look good now. We 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 coming along a little bit. It'll keep getting better. Welcome back to the show, uh, my co-host with the most, Mr. Zach Talitsky, uh, my brother-in-law, but honestly, just my brother and Carolina alum. We're getting this thing kicked off. I'm getting excited for conference play. Uh, you and I talked about it, and you know we don't really need to get too much into it because we do have Charleston Southern tonight. And as we saw with the University of Kentucky, when you overlook anybody, you know it's college basketball. People can get hot. Things can happen. UNC Wilmington walks into Kentucky and steals one. I don't see that happening with Charleston Southern tonight. But uh, hopefully we take care of business and we'll go through maybe some keys to the game and kind of what you're looking for from the Tar Heels and anything that stands out. Like We'll keep it brief. You know, I, I felt like I went a little long-winded the first time because I was so excited to start this show with you. I've been trying to get you to do some sort of business with me uh, since I met you and, uh, you know, your family now, so you sort of have to. But uh, anything stand out from the Oklahoma game? How you feeling going into the holidays or going into conference play after the holidays? What do you think? Yeah, I think that was a must win. I think it's a huge game. Um, I think going four and two in that stretch of you know six ranked teams was was big and probably the best stretch of basketball we've played under Hubert, um, with the notable exception of a run to the finals. But but yeah. still, you know, I mean, an important, maybe the best stretch we've had in the regular season since he's taken over. So huge win, like you said, it's it, it sort of takes some of the pressure off going into conference season, you know, the last couple of years, I feel like as a fan, it's been stressful. Like every ACC oh, yeah. game you feel like was must win and had all these like NCAA tournament Implication. uh, implications. So, so feel, feeling better, feeling better. We still need to, you know, play well and the ACC um, schedule doesn't do us any favors. We open up with three road games. We've seen a bunch of road teams lose early in other conferences. And so, um, you know, it's going to be tough to open, but but that that was a great win uh, to to have on the resume, and definitely will come in handy come selection day. Yeah, I read somewhere, and again, please uh, anyone that ends up watching this, apologies if I'm if I'm not quoting this stat correctly. Uh, Zach and I are coming back after Christmas, and we're trying to make sure that we do our due diligence and getting this show up. And I didn't get a ton of time to do the research, but I saw somewhere where we had never played five ranked teams in that short span of a time in, you know, I guess in the last hundred years, I don't know, or, or if ever. So it was like the longest or hardest statistically stretch of basketball that Carolina's schedule has ever seen. Was that correct? Yeah, that's what they said on the broadcast, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, incredible. Given the schedule we play annually. So uh, yeah, uh, that, that's no joke. And to come out of that four and two, um, you know, feel pretty good about 
Yeah, one of the things that stood out to me, and then we'll, you know, I guess we can kind of look for keys to the game and, and what you're looking for, because there are some things that I am looking for uh, in this game tonight against Charleston Southern. I was very, very fortunate to play college basketball, and there were certain games, uh, even at Bowling Green, where we would have a couple games right after break, where on paper, you're supposed to roll, you know, especially at home, and sometimes that can be a trap game, and there's things that you go into that game, even if you're heavily favored, that you want to accomplish. But before we do that, uh, one of the things that stood out to me from the first episode uh, was that you and I kind of raved about R.J. Davis, and that trend continued into the OU game. Like I, he is vastly becoming Joel Berry to me, uh, and the only reason I say that their their games are different. But and I think you mentioned this: you got to have some dogs on your team, and you know people throw that that around because of the meme dog, dog, and. But R.J. Davis seems to make the big shot, take the big shot. He doesn't seem to be rattled to me. And, and again, like the kids from New York, I know a couple guys that trained and worked with him uh, in high school in New York City, and they rave about you know how mentally tough he is. It just shines through. I feel very comfortable with him taking big shots, and it's really nice. And I, I don't want to pour dirt on any former players, but it's been a few years where I felt like, okay, that's the go-to guy. Like that is the we got to get the ball in his hands, and if if he can't get a look, then we'll live with what we get after that. But I love having R.J. Davis, and it just seems to again shine through and reverberate what we had talked about going into the OU game. It, it it's shown through in that game as well. Absolutely, I mean he's playing like a first-team All-American, and um, yeah, he's what you want in a, in a senior guard. Makes free throws too down the stretch. So if we can get the ball to him. You know, if we're ahead, you know, he's going to make 95% of the free throws. He's he's taking and making, you know, every big shot. He's, like, willing us to win or at least come close to winning, like, a Kentucky game. We just couldn't ask anything more from from RJ. And I think, you know, having Cadeau on the floor frees him up to to be the player that he's probably most comfortable being and, and be more of the finisher as opposed to the creator for others, which I think, you know, is, is, is better suited for his skill set. Yeah, if you had a player comp for him, who would you give? Ooh. Because it's tough. You know, again, player comps are, are challenging, but it makes for interesting conversation. And the reason I say Joel Berry, Joel Berry stood out to me because he just made big shots. Like, I, I felt like he was the best version of himself and the best version of the player that he was in the moments that mattered most. RJ seems to be doing that. Now, I think that they do get it done. Uh, in different ways. Uh, Joel Berry seemed to be more of a north-south guy. Uh, RJ as well, but has a little bit more wiggle to him. I think RJ's yeah. step back is pretty <laughs> is pretty incredible. The sidestep three and the step back three, like I think he's got a little bit more in the offensive bag, if yeah. you will. Yeah, or even a Marcus Page. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think both those guys are good recent comps. Love having Marcus Page on the bench, by the way. That's got to be yeah, great me too. guys. Younger yeah, guy. Can relate, you know, not too far removed. I'm sure they do king of the court all the time and have some nice battles, learn some tricks of the trade. Um, really, really, really cool. So, all right, headed into Charleston Southern. Um, I looked it up. I think they're like four and eight. Uh, I don't foresee them being a very difficult game at home, but you never know. You got to show up. You got to take care of your things. Coming off a break, coming off holiday. Uh, maybe there's some some cobwebs there. We're at home. We got to get it done. And for me, I, I would love to see something from the guys that we're going to need down the stretch. I feel like our stars and the guys that have kind of had big games are going to play well and do well. And even if they don't, 
this won't be a game where it hurts us a lot. But we really need these six, seven, eight in the rotation to start gaining some confidence, start getting some rhythm, reps. You know, what are you looking for from the team? I think exactly that. You know, I mean, I think statistically they're supposed to be the worst team we've played so far. So hopefully we, you know, get a good working margin, um, able to get, you know, our second team some good minutes, have them play with confidence, you know, have them execute. Um, you know, if not, you know, Hubert's going to have to shrink the bench again. I, I, th- I thought going in the end of the year we would be, you know, seven, eight deep, uh, maybe more. Uh, but it hasn't really played out that way. And so unless these guys can come into games like this and demonstrate they deserve those minutes, I mean, Hubert's going to have to you know shrink it uh, going into ACC play. So, you know, they, they really need to step up if, if they want to keep seeing the floor. Yeah, I'm also looking forward to Elliot Cadeau continuing to take a step forward. Now, he's not one of the guys totally that's going to be six, seven, eight. Like, he's he's going to be in the mix, and I think uh, a very pivotal – I don't think anybody would kind of debate that. He's going to be a pivotal piece to the team's success <clears throat> moving forward. But this is a game where, you know, you, you try things and you kind of grow in your role a little bit when you don't feel like it's going to cost the team. Like, unfortunately, this sounds bad. I never want – you know, all turnovers are not created equally. So you never want to say, hey, go out there and, and you know, don't take this team lightly and, and try new things and, don't, you know, don't get out of pocket. But this is a game where I think Elliot Kondo could be aggressive and kind of find maybe spaces within the offense that he feels comfortable being a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more of a threat, maybe making some more plays because he is a playmaker. So, uh, you know, I think the more and more he gets comfortable, the more and more reps, the more and more minutes that he gets – Come ACC play, like that's going to pay big dividends. And I think he's the one starter tonight that could really benefit from just getting reps in, getting game reps, you know? Agreed. And and you want him to be pass first, and that's good for this this team, and that, that's the role he should play. But at the same time, if someone just leaves him wide open from three, I'd yeah. like to see him take it and obviously make it. Um, and, you know, having to keep him honest, because if we play better teams who – who sort of scout us, and if he's just looking to pass only, you know, and they they slough off of him or take away that that quick pass, um, that's going to be, be a problem. And it'll just make him quicker. I mean, he's shown great burst and drive, and he gets to the rim, and he's finished well at the rim. But if he, you know, is a threat from, from three, um, yeah, it's just going to make him a step quicker too. So, you know, I agree. I think this is a good good game for him to look to be aggressive, and if they slough off of him, maybe maybe take a couple threes and, and improve he's a threat. Yeah, I mean, he's shown the ability to make tough shots. Uh, I mean, he hit one going right, coming off a ball screen, fading, you know, to the right towards the baseline over top of a big that was closing out or, or drag coverage. And I, I want to say it was 15, 16 feet, but, you know, tough shot, and he looked comfortable taking it. I think it's just – it's just reps and getting confidence. But if he's making those types of plays and those shots and he's comfortable in that role and it's kind of like not once every blue moon, it's just something that, okay, this is something he can go to and he feels good about it. I think we get, we get real tough on the offensive end if that element is there. Agreed. Yeah, it's a bit, been a little bit unusual. He seems more confident taking tougher, almost like step-back mid-range than he does you know, stand-still, spot-up threes, at least so far, which – you know, I, I don't know. I haven't seen him take enough threes to know if that's warranted or not. We'll, we'll find out. Yeah, I was also impressed. He had one take. It was kind of a, a mini break, little secondary break, but he, you know, he finished at the rim. He's got a lot more bounce than 
than I thought. Or, you know, I, I had seen highlights in high school and everything, but he's, you know, he's got some athleticism and some some quick twitch, fast twitch muscle, uh, more so than than I had imagined against college guys. Uh, and so I've been impressed with that too. So I'm looking for a little bit more of that tonight, and hopefully we'll see it. Yeah, another thing we need from him is just to be a better free throw shooter. I assume he has it in him, but yeah, he Ingram needs to be too. an 80 percent plus. You're right, Ingram too. Um, it's nice to see Baycott, you know, making eighty percent plus. But we need those two starters. I mean, it's great that that uh, Cormac and, and RJ are over ninety. That's a huge bonus. Um, yeah, but good to see those two guys step step to the line with a little more confidence. I worry about Ingram just because we're going to need Ingram to play thirty plus minutes in like. Big game. I mean, against Miami, you know, the Miami game's right around the corner. Uh, not to look forward or, 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 you know, overlook this game at all. But in those games that are going to be decided by two, three possessions, you know, free throws end up playing a large role. Ingram's going to have the ball a lot. He's going to be in a, in a position where he's aggressive and he's going to get fouled. He's going to go to the line. Do you know what he's shooting right now? The last time I looked, it was in the 60s. Is percentage. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me, but that's what I would okay. guess. I think that's right. I, you know, do you, th- I haven't looked it up and I will look it up. Apologies to anyone that's, that's watching this, but I, was he, has he always struggled at the line? Cause you know, as a wing and a score for that matter, you would imagine it's 73, 74 and up um, from the free throw line. Yeah. He's especially not a guy who, who came out shooting 50% from three to begin the season. Um, I kind of hope he he finds his three point shot too. Uh, you know uh, he's hit sort of a small slump. Uh, it was over the other night, and uh, I don't know if he's made. I mean, he hadn't taken a ton of them, but I haven't seen him shoot it as well as he did right out of the gate. Now he's at home tonight, so hopefully he'll get some good looks. It, it does wonders to see the ball go through the hoop, and we need him to be someone that's confident and feels good. I mean, I love what he brings to the team. Like he's amazing. I, I feel like he's a two-way guy. I think he he rebounds, he helps, he does a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet. But I would like to see him shoot thirty-six to thirty-eight percent from three. I mean, forty would be very, very greedy. But when you're a Carolina fan, you get greedy. <laughs> so uh, hopefully that'll happen. Yeah, agreed. We can live with high thirties from him, I think. But but anything above that's a bonus. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, before we go, we're going to cut this short. It's just going to be a little preview show. And, and obviously we recap the OU game, just things that stood out. RJ Davis being one of them. Uh, Want to, you know, give our condolences to the Carolina family. Uh, we lost Eric Montross and I, I think it would be just a nice thing to put it out there that he was a big part of the program. He will be missed. Uh, it's a, it's a sad thing. Uh, he was a teammate. Uh, I think he overlaps Hubert maybe two or three years. Is, do you know if that's right? I, I think just their freshman, his freshman year, Hubert senior year. Okay. Uh, but they were teammates. And then obviously Eric Montross doing play by play and been a part of the Carolina family for a very, very long time. And, and I think you were in school with them. Is that, is that right? Yeah. We overlap by three years. Um, yeah. So, so uh, he was a contemporary of mine when, when we were in school. All right, nice. Well, uh, he is loved. He will not be forgotten. I thought it was a really cool thing where, you know, we always preach Carolina family and, you know, anytime there's hardship. And Hubert, obviously, I would imagine, I, I have, we haven't had Hubert on yet. Hopefully, we will we will do that. But I would imagine it hit him hard and he was struggling with it. He did make a statement that he was, you know, having a hard time with it, as most would imagine. And they, you know, they wore shooter shirts and he he was raving about the team kind of pulling together. And that's what you want from a family in times of hardship. So uh, really proud of the guys and, and love that they went out and got that game for for Hubert and for the Montrose family and the Carolina basketball family and the community. And 
uh, just wanted to make sure that we took a second. I didn't know and nor have I ever had any interaction with Eric, but uh, a good friend of both of ours, Mr. Jay Williams, knew Eric pretty well and relayed to me that he was one of the nicest human beings on the planet. Yeah, I, did, I didn't know him either. Um, but I, I don't know if this game's online. I think it was the 92 uh, game at home against Duke. I think it was people call it the bloody Montrose game. If it's yeah. if it's findable, I highly recommend people go back and watch it. I think we broke a, like a 27-game winning streak that Duke had. You know, that was the Leitner, Grant Hill, Bobby Hurley team. Don't um, remember them. Don't remember. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't yeah. Well. So, so uh, it may be the only time I stormed the floor when I was at Carolina, but that was that was an incredible game. Um, Montross, you know, played played great. I think he held late near like twelve points or something that game. But if if that's findable, it's it's definitely uh, worth going back and watching. I need to see if it's on YouTube or anything like that. But it'd be be fun to go back and watch as an honor to Montross. Yeah, awesome. All right. Last thing before I let you go, uh, give me a score and give me some things that you think will happen or go down. Give me some predictions for the game tonight. I feel like we might break 100. Huh? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think we may may come out a little a little rusty. We'll we'll see. I, I like the scheduling here to have you know them just to you know break this nine game or, or nine day period up. But uh, yeah, yeah, I I, I, I think. Um, I think we'll win by you know handily 25 30 something like that uh i don't know if we'll break 100 or not but uh love to see us come out come out hot and on fire you know i just want to see us play with with intensity you know i, I don't want to see us come out sluggish and play down to the opponent and so hopefully yeah. you know um we come out uh hungry i want to see the bench play well um and then I just want to see us keep the intensity on defense that we had against Oklahoma. I think we talked about that in our first broadcast. And um, I just thought we had much more active hands, you know, shows up in the steel stat line. So but let's keep that up. And like, let's, let's just make that an identity for this team, that type of defensive intensity. Uh, if we see that tonight, it'll be really encouraging because um, it's easy to play down to the opponent, I think. Yeah, I didn't catch the game, but Charleston Southern did play at NC State and lost by 30. Uh, so just to put it into reference, obviously NC State does have a talented team. Their record's really good. I've seen a few of their games. Uh, I think that they're they're pretty well coached. Uh, but again, it's it's hard to say when you only catch a few games, so you, you never know if someone's hot or, or whatnot. But for me, just going into this game, because – you know, you're talking me off the ledge at all times, and I know anyone that watches this are like, man, he, he really doesn't like this kid. That's not the case. I'm just really hopeful, and I think that with Jalen Withers or Washington taking steps forward, we become a completely different beast when it comes to conference play, ACC tournament, and NCAA tournament. So I'm really looking for one of one or two. I'm not. It doesn't have to be both of them, but one of those two guys to really establish and have a great game and maybe pick up some momentum that maybe they steal a few more minutes than they would have gotten uh, when it comes to the Miami game, which is not too far off, you know, because we're going to need those guys. We're going to need someone to steal a few more minutes. Both those guys are really talented. We need them both. I mean, if we have we have Seth, you know, to cover us at one, two, and then we've got – Which Withers I love, Seth. I, I feel yeah. bad. We I haven't mentioned Seth. Uh, he, you know, it should not go on – said he didn't run from the grind or what everybody says. You know, he could have left the program very easily and said, well, I see the writing on the wall. Like, obviously, I'm not in the, you know, the primary plans in the backcourt. He's been amazing for us. Like, we are a much better team with Seth Trimble on our roster. 
Yeah, Seth is Seth has been great. We need Withers to do that for us on the wing, and we need Jalen to do that for us down low. Yeah, but great. you know, I, I like that Hubert pulled um, Withers after he committed the second foul and three point shot um, against Oklahoma. He didn't see the floor again. Yeah, um, and so I think you you texted me and said, "Hey, that's a, that's that's how you motivate people." So it's going to be yeah. interesting to see. You know, does Hubert put him back out there early? Has Hubert soured on him? completely you know what kind of minutes does he get and then how does withers react does he come out and play well or does he go into a shell here so um i think that's going to be an interesting thing to watch in this game yeah something that we'll never know for a fact but just to pull the curtain back just a little bit from my experiences playing division one basketball and going through making uh, multiple mistakes that show up on the scouting report the way he responded in practice practice this past week or over the holidays, whatever practice or walkthroughs they've had is 1000% going to dictate. And this is a very important stretch for Jalen Withers because it's sink or swim. Now we're getting to the beef of the schedule where Hubert Davis is not going to just say, well, maybe he'll come around because I think Hubert has been through the ringer as a coach himself. And now he finally has some pieces that he really enjoys. The team's kind of structured in the, the way he wanted it structured. It's kind of moving out of the Roy recruiting classes and it's becoming more and more with every game with every month with every week with every you know scheduled win loss uh it's becoming hubert davis's program jalen withers is is now not not that he's on the hot seat but it's either he's gonna make it in the next few days or we're not gonna see much more of him for the rest of the year seems that way yeah he seems like he's at a crossroads so i'm hoping for him and the team he comes out and plays really well tonight Awesome. All right. Well, hopefully we can get back on here and we'll recap. Uh, I should have marked down some uh, predictions to see where we were right or wrong. But, you know, I feel like in the discussion, we'll we'll, we'll point that out. Uh, maybe we'll get on here tomorrow and recap the game. Love to. You're the man. Uh, Merry Christmas. Hug the family. Go Heels. And uh, Go yeah, heels. Looking we do have we won't break it yet, but uh, it's 90 percent sure that we have our very first guest going to be joining the show for the Miami Hurricanes game. So uh, it's not the conference opener. We already have a conference win, don't we? Did we who do we beat Florida State? I think beat Florida State. That's right. Yeah. 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 So it'll be our it. I think it's on the road, though. Aren't we playing Miami at Miami? I, I'll I pull think, that up right now. I think our next game is Pitt. We've got Pitt, then uh, Clemson, and then I think a third game on the road. I should know. Oh, I'm looking at I'm I'm looking at Charleston Southern's, I mean uh, Miami Florida's uh, schedule. And all right, I pulled it up. Here we go. So, well, the good news is, yeah, we do have Pitt, the Clemson. So it's it's down the road, but we have a very prominent and very well respected Miami Hurricane former player. Uh, who is now still actively involved with the Miami Hurricanes. And then also, I don't know, I'll, I'll talk to you about it, but Anthony Stacy, a teammate of mine at Bowling Green, at the time when he graduated, he was the all-time leading scorer at Bowling Green. He played for Jim Laranega, and I thought it might be cool to get him on here and maybe talk about him as a coach uh, and share some insight just to give, uh, I don't know, you a break from listening to my voice, you know? Yeah, I would love to learn more about uh, Laranega and his style. You know, he's somebody that uh, it's easy to to respect, and it, it, he just seemed like to be really fun to play for. So I'd love to 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 talk to to him about that. Yeah, iconic too. That final four run with George Mason. I mean, he's been great for the league. I mean, Miami got a winner in him. They they are really good. 
yeah, I now love the way they play. And uh, I don't know. It just it just seems like uh, all of his guys always play with confidence. That's that's the question I'd want to ask is, is like as a coach, like how do you get your guys to play with confidence? They always just seem really loose and, and like they're having fun and everybody shoots well. And I don't know. It, Sounds good. Well, we're going to get it done. All right, go Heels. We'll talk to you soon. Episode two, done. See ya. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.